episode 53. Bonjour and welcome to episode 53 of Ev with Stev. On Zoom once again, Hampstead and near Bristol somewhere with Savannah Gardner. Hello! Sunshine yes. Savannah Gardner, I call her. I'm the only one that does that, aren't I? I don't know. I love it. Yes, you are. Some You call me Madonna sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and you can dance. I don't want to go off script already, but when I first met Savannah, <laughs> I was saying she should call herself Madonna's daughter, Lourdes, or whatever her name is, and just go around saying she's Madonna's daughter, and it's a good way it's to get traction. <laughs> she's got like 16 children, aren't they? But only two of them are biological or something. I don't know. Probably. Yeah, that'll be my Vegas, Vegas gig. I still in. have ideas <laughs> for you to play Madonna in this 80s um, thing I was going to do about rock stars meeting in lifts in a record company in the 80s I, th- I still want to do that because I have Jack who would play Eric Clapton and then guys from the milkshakes we're going to play Fleetwood Mac so I still need you to pretend you're Madonna I'm at some there. point I I remember you telling me about that and I was like yep anything for Steve I will be Madonna great in your in your video <laughs> the 80s though not the justify my love phase with the you know the, nip- <laughs> the nipple clamps and the um bondage <laughs> right anyway savannah who are you i'm savannah gardner (laughs) a country folk artist based in the uk right that sum it up can i ask you in america do people say folk or folk i think it's it depends on where you come from in the states actually I used to say folk, and when I came here, a guy from down the road from like Hendon that I was playing with us said, "Mate, why are you saying folk? It's folk." Wait, I, that what you just said sounded the same to me. Yeah, folk. sorry, not folk, folk. folk. Okay, you said folk. folk with a heavy L. I definitely say folk with a heavy L, but I need to listen to more English people say it and see how it sounds. It could be my Californian accent too. Folk, like drawn out words. Hello. Say it however you want. I don't want to police these things because I generally, <laughs> I generally don't know folk or folk. No, it's interesting. We could shoot shoot the shit all day long about this, Steve. And it's not as if I didn't run a night called Chalk Farm Folk or Folk yeah. for like seven years. I should know how to say it. Yeah, you did. Seven years of folk, folk, folk. Oh, folk off. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so you're a musician, singer-songwriter, country. I've just listened to your new single, and what struck me just then is that you're going to do something quite remarkable, in my view, which is bring a sort of Amy Winehouse-ism to country music. Is that right, in your delivery and style? Yeah. That bullshit. You know, I'm really glad that you you said that, because whenever I'm asked my influences, one of them is definitely Amy. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of country that you hear is there's a quite clear, pure voice to a lot of the female vocals, but I do have that raspier tone that I'm hoping is kind of like Amy Winehouse's that I can incorporate into my sound. So when she passed away 10 years ago, is it? So you would have only been about 14 or something. Yeah. Were you you a fan when she was around? Oh, yeah. 
That, oh, I know yeah. that's I a mean, sad thing. I know, but you were probably very young. And- I was, and I didn't understand it, mm. understand her music as much. Like it was just the big ones, you know, like rehab, of course, and you know, I'm no good. But I was singing those at school and everything. Like we'd always have talent shows and um, like competitions, and I'd sing usually sing rather Amy Winehouse or Adele. But now, ever since moving to England and living in North London, she just became a huge part of my like musical inspiration and how I deliver a song and how like that that heart, like she has like such a great way of combining like that raspy grit with also heart and soul. I'd really like to implement that in my style in folk and country. So it's, yeah. Mm. So were a lot of people at your school in California into Amy Winehouse or is that just you were quite rare and were they all into hip hop and uh, Britney or something? (laughs) It depends. It's like everywhere. It depends on the friend group. You know, I was quite in the, the musical theater scene, actually. And those were the people listening a lot to the big voices like Amy Winehouse and then going back to Nina Simone and like Billie Holiday. We'd all actually really talk about that kind of music a lot because it was, you know, a lot of musical theaters influenced by these big heartfelt ballads. Like they all come from that same place. So I would say quite a few of my friends did have that that love for Amy, Amy Winehouse and that style of music. I mean, no matter what age you were listening to her, you can kind of like understand heartbreak, you know, even if you're 14, like going through your first breakup, you know, you're like, oh my God, this is me. Even though she's talking about like adult shit, drugs and alcohol, you just don't think of it like that. You think of it in terms of your own world you know? Yeah. So yeah, I would say that. And there was, of course, you know, at parties, we, you'd listen to like freaking like techno and stuff like that, whatever anyone was playing, but there's depth in the teenage world, I think. Both your parents are British, right? Yes, they are. So you were born here. Is that right? I was born in the States. My siblings were born in England. Then they all moved over to the States and I was the last one. So I'm the only true American in the family. So you have the golden ticket like our child, me and Emily, would possibly have is that you can live in either country. I have dual citizenship. Wow, what a queen. I know, it's amazing. So that works well (laughs) for your bio for the daughter of Madonna or, you know, (laughs) country winehouse, you know. Yeah, like a weird mixture of of old America and England. (laughs) I love the, um, obviously the interaction, the cooperation between UK and USA. I was watching the who yesterday when they did the nine 11 concert and they had the UK flag during the first song, the union Jack, you know, I know flags are a bit iffy subject, but then the second song is the star spangled banner. And then it was the two of them together. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. I was raised on Bruce Springsteen and Burgers and the A-Team. So that is my vibe. That's me too. That's why we get along so well. We have both sides of the coin. Well, this has worked out really well for me, Zoom. Like this is my social time. That's why I was saying to you before we start recording, I don't really need to go to the pub because I like doing this. You know, I'm old now, so I can just chat. I'm into the chat. 
I'm not looking for someone in the bar to impress me or whatever, or try out their canapes. I'm just like, let's chat. I've got cheap wine from Lidl. You know, and I can speak to Americans who are happy, you know? Cheap wine and Americans. Right, let's talk about that single, sorry. You're easy to talk to. You're a great guy. <laughs> right, so what's this single called for the listeners? It is called Heartbreak River. And it's out now? It is out now. On all your favourite platforms. So what's the story with the song? I mean, I can be more specific and say what's it about or how did it come about? What's going on with this song? Pretty much. Last year, I went through a pretty bad breakup and then it then quarantine happened. So it was like definitely time to just pour out all my feelings. And I actually, before I wrote Heartbreak River, I wrote like a really, really sad heartbreak song, just like laid it out all on the table. And it's really honest and miserable. And I just, I looked at it and I decided like this, I didn't want this to be my story. I wanted it to have like a more uplifting view about it. Cause that's, kind of who I am just always like looking at the positive sides of things and so I wrote Heartbreak River is basically just kind of a a letter to myself a song to myself saying no matter how many hard things you go through there will always be hope so it's pretty much a very welcome reminder that everything will get better again so it's like an all things must pass type thing Yes, exactly. That's wine, by the way. I'm not weighing. (laughs) 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 Sounded similar. Good. Good. I'm not doing this podcast on the toilet. (laughs) I can see you and I can vouch for you. Yes, I'm fully clothed and not weighing. Um, So let's play the song. Uh, It's out now. Heartbreak River. Here we go. Savannah Gardner. Check it out. Put it on your playlist for country stuff on Spotify. Tell your friends. Heartbreak River. I'd like to look back on my life when I'm older and be proud of the woman I became. I've got choices to make, promises I'll break. And sorrow may even be my friend No, I'll never regret what I've already done But there'll still be days when I want to run There's a heartbreak river up ahead It's the only road Feeling is ever fine 
Welcome back. I'm here with Savannah. Heartbreak River is the song. So what you've sent me, is that the cover on a horse? And is is. that you? That's me. When is that? That is when I was five years old. Oh, that's lovely. We went on a trip, a backpacking trip through Montana and we were on horseback for five days. That's brilliant. If you look it up while you're listening to this, Savannah Garda, Heartbreak River, you'll see the lovely picture. How was this written and why have you chosen this song in particular? Because, you know, you did an EP a couple of years ago, right? Home Again? Yes. Late in the night The sound hits you right The music's calling I did like a demo album a few years back. So is this from an album or is this just a single? You're going to see how it goes and. It is a single, but I do have like 25 songs that I, I want to work with for an album. But yeah, I just decided to work on a one song for now, get it out, try to get it to as many people as I can and then work on my next project. Hmm. And who's on this track? If I can just say, we listen to it to me, it sounds like I, it's the thing I said. It's like kind of an old country Amy Winehouse thing, but also it's very prominent fiddle and it's almost a little bit Celtic, a little bit Irish. Yes, that was my intention as well. Um, You'd be big in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should do a tour there. To be sure, to be sure. To be sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I met actually a woman on lockdown through one of like my artist groups and her name is Marion Fleetwood. And she did the backing vocal arrangement and all of the strings. So cello and violin. And she did it all herself. I didn't give her any direction. I just kind of like, I've sent her the song. I wanted the, the Celtic wistful vibe. And she just came up with that. And it was incredible. And she lives in England. She's in Stratford upon Avon. And 
she sent me that. And then I sent it to one of my friends who's a producer in California, Casey, and she got someone to put some slide guitar on it. And she did the piano and I did the backing vocals and that was it. Like we did it all remotely over lockdown and then sent it off for mix and mastering. And yeah, she nailed it. Yeah, it's brilliant. It sounds wonderful and it sounds full. It's unbelievable, isn't it, to record in lockdown like that and get an accomplished sounding thing like that. I know. And I I thought it was so much harder than that. But if you're all in on software and you just ask people for help, like you can work with people from America and England or wherever and get a product like that's pretty incredible. You know, I, I know we've worked on projects together and we're both very into the in the room live music recording and i love that but i mean there wasn't very much choice <laughs> this nice. past year and you know it's pretty incredible that we got this opportunity with mm. all the technology we have that we can do this kind of thing and is this so this is a bit of a breakup coming out of a breakup song you know personally don't want to sound like an old man or whatever but I still play my songs from when I was fucked up when I was 25 not that you fucked up but like you know like the kind of arguing and crying in the street stuff so I still play those songs so they're good songs so is that the direction of a lot of your new songs the 20 or is it kind of all different uh, yeah I would say so I think a lot of them are a lot of it for me is trying to discover myself um I don't want to get too personal with that question, by the way, you know, um, it's just that breakup songs are good, aren't they? Like the thing you said of Amy Winehouse, it's like kind of on the bone, you know, and people can feel that. Yeah. And people understand that. Like they know, they know what that feels like. That's why it's the universal, you know, musical language. So a lot of it is that. And then a lot of it is me just trying to be a female in this day and age, trying to figure myself out and, grow up I guess I mean I keep saying coming of age and I'm like wait I'm 25 I am of age like I've I've come of age but it is yeah like just navigating your way through life being a 20 something year old dealing with love and loss and adventure yeah vibe well I don't (laughs) think you're ever of age it's a weird thing for me I feel like I'm just constantly learning and like the past year (laughs) I've just been working on myself as much as anything at my age so, mm-hmm. you know, I, totally, I agree. I if agree. You stop growing. You stop kind of advancing, you know, obviously. Yeah, um, then what's the point if you just, if you just stop, yeah, stop learning about yourself. Yeah. So how are you going to do the other songs or have you not, you take it as you come? Would you like to do a song with a band and stuff or, because obviously oh, sure. we're on a WhatsApp chat with all the musicians and, or yeah. it, this has been successful though so i don't want to sway one thing another way but it's obviously cheaper actually to do it that way that's yeah, that's one of the reasons i record an album in a day sometimes because like how do i get all these people together and how do we do it in a studio it, and yeah individual songs are actually more expensive aren't they like because you have to just yeah doing one project in one day would be a lot more beneficial and i want to do that i really do I have two other songs that I'm doing right now with the same group of people. Yeah. Because I am loving this vibe for my music. But um, eventually, once we can all, you know, happily go into recording studios together and it not be like such a, a big thing, I'd love to do some live live stuff. 
or just with people in the same room where we can talk about like how we want to do it, you know? Mm. I'm obviously, I'm always doing this kind of Neil Young, Beatles, Ryan Adams thing, if I can mention his yeah. name anymore. So like uh-huh. they, they record too much music live. So I think what you're doing is more of a serious kind of ambitious endeavor in a way, the way I see it, like it's good to focus on one song. I think that's what the record companies do now. They get someone to do one song and then an EP and then they'll do an album if it's taken off. So you're probably more on the right track. It's, I, it's a singles world. As much as I want to do an album, it is like, that's what people are doing these days. I, I, I think it's because we have so much content. With, and so much music. Like I read something, 40,000 songs are released a day. And to get someone to listen to just one of those is an accomplishment. So I'm trying to start small and grow. Yeah, and that should be a good thing. But it's kind of, um, I don't know, for me personally, I feel like it's just good to get it down and have it as your legacy, no matter what happens at that time, it's a bit of a snapshot and if you hear it later or if anyone hears it or your kids hear it or so it's kind of like something, even if, mm. you know, nobody hears it. So mm. I think it's the right way to do it. And even me recently, a couple of years ago, I was kind of mixing the album as I went. One song, that's ready. Let's put that out. Next song, let's put that out. And like I was still mixing it as I went. Because yeah. if you just drop it all, it's not going to work. It's just going to be 40,010 yeah. songs in a day isn't it really? Yeah. yeah. These days, that's how it is. I mean, it might change in the future. You never know, but people like the singles, you know, people mm. like jumping around in playlists these days on Spotify. That's a huge thing. So it's cool. You know, we just got to keep adapting, don't we? Mm. How do you listen to music? I listen to playlists. I make my own playlist or do the Discover Weekly on Spotify, and it's actually pretty great. I've discovered a lot of people in that way. And you like, run, don't you? What do you run to? Do you listen to music running? I don't. That's when I write stuff in my head. It's, I can gather my thoughts when I run. People think I'm crazy. They're like, you don't listen to anything. I'm like, I, I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> but they say that's better. You're supposed to be able to hear your own breath and stuff. You're more present, apparently. Yeah, it, you are. And I, I aim to do that because I don't do any sort of meditation. So that kind of is it. You're a good interviewee, actually, because you're just giving me transition. So how do you stay sane the last couple of years with what's been going on in the world? What do you do? You don't meditate? You run? I, I run. Are you, are you sane? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who said I was sane? <laughs> No, I'm I'm actually pretty good at keeping myself level-headed. I've been practicing for a while. I just run and write music and cook. Mm. That's pretty much all I do and hang out with my family. I'm I'm boring. No, no, it's not boring. It's great when you're straight, as some band said. Um, <laughs> it's about happiness really, isn't it? So if you're happy, you yeah. know, that's good. You came to England a couple of years ago at the age of 22 or something. Why did you come and what happened there? I came back, like we said, my parents are English and they decided to move back to England for a little. And I was like, screw it. I want an adventure. So I was only going to come for six months and move to London and just gig around and see what it was about. And I just really, I ended up loving it and met 
met some amazing artists and worked in a pub and met someone and I just, yeah, didn't want to go. I liked it. And where were you in California? What part, what town, what city? I was in Laguna Beach, California, which is quite lovely. Hour and a half south of LA. And you went to school there? You're like a kid in Greece? (laughs) Emily Emily told me the other day you don't wear a uniform at school in in America then, ever. No, oh no. Oh, that's good, because then everyone could get fashionable. Everyone can show off what what they believe in, you know? Express yourself. Yeah. I actually always wanted a uniform, which is really weird, because it stressed me out choosing an outfit. Yeah. And the thing you get, well, maybe it's just as an adult, but when you've left the house for the day, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm wearing completely the wrong thing, either (laughs) weather-wise or just like, I'm way out of shape for this. I bought a medium when I'm a large and now it's shrunk and all that. Like, you don't get that with the uniform. You get it right, don't you? (laughs) So much to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite neurotic. And what do you miss about California, Laguna Beach, you know, because obviously I think the people are quite different between North London and Laguna Beach. Oh, yeah. What do you miss about people and what do you miss about the place? Oh, God, I find all people really funny and interesting. So they're, yeah, they're just so different. Of course, working in a pub in North London, you get like some rough guys and girls. But I always got along with everybody. I just like, I just think people are so, so funny. I don't know why. And then California. But that's down to you as well. Your nature, your character and the way you, you get what you give, you know, you put out a good, positive, happy, funny vibe. So I think (laughs) that's why. Oh yeah. Well, that's good then. Because in Mm. California, I was going to say like, it's pretty, pretty similar, but a lot of people would have a different opinion about that. In Laguna Beach, it was so funny. I worked at a coffee shop and everyone was just like, hey, how's it going? Like, good vibes. Like, slower. Every day in paradise is so chill. Yeah. I, I think I am pretty slow as well. So, I, yeah, I miss like, I miss the weather, of course. I miss the beach. I miss the outdoor, the nature aspect, but I'm finding that in. I'm right now I'm in the countryside in England and it's just a whole different experience. It's beautiful. Do you suffer from those bad weather blues? Do short dark days keep you down? Seasonal affective disorder is real, but your symptoms don't have to be. Now there's Sunacillin. Sunacillin cuts through those rainy clouds so you can feel sunny all day long. With just 10 daily doses injected directly into your eyes, you can have rose-colored glasses for life. Two and a half percent of our in-house doctors agree. Why let gray skies keep you from living your best life when you can soak up the sunacillin? Side effects may include dizziness, dryness of mouth, increased anxiety, IBS, vomiting, diarrhea, blindness, manic episodes, daily hemorrhaging, and in some cases, loss of limbs. And who else are your influences on that with the country vibe? My influences are... Again, this is wine. (laughs) (laughs) The older country stuff. I love Johnny Cash and Hmm. Willie Nelson. And I love Dolly Parton and Emmylou Harris. I really listened to a lot of those people when I was getting into it all. Um, Howlin' Wolf. Um, 
Elvis Presley. I yeah, I it it all changed for me after I went to Memphis and I recorded in Sun Studios in Memphis, Tennessee, and it just like it changed my world. I got super into that scene. It's more on like the country folk side. And how did that happen for you cuz you're 25 country is not exactly you weren't were your parents into Willie Nelson and um Dolly Parton and stuff or did you discover that I discovered it actually they my parents showed me a lot of great music a lot of like the Laurel Canyon music which has completely shaped me like Neil Young of course but yeah I discovered country music just by some of my friends that I'd hang out with we'd go to country dive bars and shit like that and go line dancing and listen to music in the, in you're such a fun lady (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah listen to like john prine in the backyard and drink whiskey you know and it's just like forming memories like that is what made me fall in love with it because the songs are pretty much about that kind of thing like just being with your friends and enjoying yourself and 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 of course like heart-wrenching stories I love storytelling in general so I really found that in the old school country songs and I just kept rolling off that that love (laughs) and were you streaming those songs and just discovering it on playlists and stuff or I'm gonna sound like a total poser right now but I did discover a lot on my record player no that's but, cool well, why not why is that bad because it just sounds like you know cliche like, sounds so like hipster like I got a record player and I listen to country but I did I think my dad actually got me Willie Nelson's greatest hits because he saw how interested I was in it all I found like all these songs on the road again my heroes have always been cowboys and that song my heroes have always been cowboys was written by this woman named Sharon Vaughn who I've actually written five songs with. Wow. Firstly, you recorded in Memphis, Tennessee at Sun Studios. Why and how did that happen? <laughs> and what songs for people to look up were those songs that you did there? Oh, my gosh. It, it is a funny story. We I was just with my friend Brenna, and we went um, to go visit Graceland and then Sun Studios, and we did a tour. And the, the guys leading the tour we were like super cute you know so of course we kind of started chatting them up hearing about you know the scene in Memphis where we should go listen to some more music and they actually were the sound engineers and producers that were working in Sun Studios and they were like obviously weren't getting paid enough yeah but that's cool that's cool that sounds like a great life I'd love that work in a studio and do the tour right I know cool guys (laughs) yeah yeah they were cool they were just like loved the music and loved what they were doing so I was like okay I will bring you a six-pack of beer and if I can record a couple songs and then we go out on the town and that's pretty much how it happened it was as simple as that and I recorded three songs but I only put out one online and it's called Tomorrow. So you can find that on Spotify or iTunes. All right, well, let's put a clip of that in. Here we go. Tomorrow. They say everything comes down to love. What if you don't find 
Someone to trust Everyone says I'm young Everyone says I got time But if that's true Can I please have a sign Tomorrow I could make the one for me Tomorrow I could make my destiny tomorrow What's in it for me? I wanna love and be loved by someone who makes me believe And what's um because I've been to Nashville a few times, what's Memphis like for you as someone who knows England and everything? People say it's a bit of a carsey, or is it is it fun or is it cool or is it a bit of a Sun Studios is there and then nothing, or is it a nice place? It's amazing. I mean, it's I hope no one from Memphis listens to this. Not the prettiest place. Like it no, it really is. That's what I've like, heard. So but I haven't been ugly. <laughs> yeah but mm-hmm. there's still a real music scene there like there's this amazing bar downtown that like this is how I I remember it where it has so many ghost stories it's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years and there's just like like real old American music old black music like the real gritty stuff it's none of, it's none of the Nashville polished sound that that a lot of country music is it's trumpets and piano and like just deep sad songs but like and happy songs it's it's just beautiful it's encompassed around the music scene it's not really about like the place and the what it looks like it's all about the people and the people inhabiting the space you know and I that's what I love about it that's great experience though isn't it I went into the famous studio, I don't know what it is, in Nashville Studio B. I should really know that. I went to the Nashville Hall of Fame and all that mm. stuff, but I was your age, you know, I was 24 or five. Did you go to the, the Opry? Grand Old Opry, yeah, I didn't go in there. And then there's the Ryman. All I did was go to Tootsie's yeah. and dance with all these sort of... What was interesting for me about Nashville is that there were all these kind of 18-year-old girls dancing to... Willie Nelson or Johnny Cash. Oh, like, yeah. I'm, fr- I'm from here. And, you know, I used to go to a club in Watford called Destiny. And I never thought music that you danced to was ever any good because I never heard any. It was awful, awful music that girls that are 18 <laughs> or guys here were listening to. I spent my upbringing thinking, I don't want to dance because this music is shit. And then when I was in Nashville... <laughs> I was like, wow, look at these 18-year-olds with Stetsons on. And like, it's like, wow, it's the time of my life. <laughs> I loved it. God. Jazzy and I, my sister, we mm. live in this tiny little town in the Cotswolds. And we're the American girls because there's no Americans in here. And we're in our 20s. And we just like go around and be like, hey, how's it going? How you doing? That's so great. And I, I think it's like surprising to people but eventually people have warmed up to us yeah we need people like you everybody needs everybody that's why the whole thing for me with borders and 
Brexit and no immigration. I don't believe in it because I used to do this sales job where I'd go and meet all these different people, like three or four people a day, every day. And one person would be Italian or then they'd be French or they'd be from Russia or they'd be American or Canadian, Australian. And it was just way more interesting to me to soak up the culture of that person. If they were just from my hometown and were just going on about getting a pension or a mortgage, I didn't want to do the meeting. (laughs) You know? Absolutely. Like we're on, I sound hippie, but we are on this earth to like learn about each other and meet other cultures. And that's the beauty of it all. Yeah. Oh yeah. So while we were on this sort of country bit, let's do the top three country songs. (laughs) So top three country songs. My top three are three the first one is highway man perhaps i may become a highway man again or i may simply be a single drop of rain but i will remain and i'll be back again this one is the original it's written by jimmy webb but the highway man Mm-hmm. was a super group of Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah, Al- yeah, yeah. The Outlaws. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Outlaws. Waylon Jennings and Chris Christopherson. It's just, like, such an amazing song. It's I think it's pretty much about, like, a soul reincarnated into as these men, as outlaws and on their adventures. Basically, it's about they will always be around and they will always, we will always be outlaws and we'll always keep, live in our truth and all that i mean that's the, the the main theme of the song but it's just a beautiful song and i love all those those country artists i love the outlaw scene it's my my shit <laughs> <laughs> like, and mm. then my next one is two tennessee mountain home by dolly parton I just love that song because there's just so much imagery in it and you like it starts like sitting on the front porch and she just like explains her whole surroundings it's just one setting and it just makes you happy it's uplifting and I love Dolly's always uplifting I mean she's she has really deep songs but she is at the end of the day like all about hope which so am I I think you are a bit like her because I think people like her happiness I had this kind of friend the other day who said to me, do you think Dolly's all an act and she's actually a cynical bitch? And all this, I was like, no, that's just you being a cynical Brit about things and trying to look for the dirt. And even if she is, it's part of her show. It works. People buy that, you know? So I love her positivity and yours. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Sunshine. Oh my goodness. I'm honored. (laughs) One. Yeah. Number one, drum roll. Okay, and number one is Angel from Montgomery by John Prine. The cover by Bonnie Raitt. That's the most popular known version. But it is such an incredible song. If you don't know it, please listen to it. It's just about someone who just wants to be taken out of their situation that they're in. The lyrics are just beautiful. It covers everything from nature to like, personal experience and that's 
what I'm here for. So, and yeah. am I playing the John Prine version, yeah? Yes, John Prine. Right, so let's hear a bit of that. The late John Prine. Yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. Make me an angel here with savannah her new single is heartbreak river and now i've got a game as well my very no. popular games with my no. wife no one else i never hear any feedback but it's time for a game and this game is about country music lyrics and it's called <laughs> Country or Trash. play the jingle boys in the van So I'm going to read you a lyric and you have to tell me if it's a true, real lyric or if I've just made it up. Oh, no, I'm going to be terrible. <laughs> so here's the first lyric. I've been flushed from the bathroom of your heart. Is that cun true or cun trash? I mean, I'm hoping it's cun trash. <laughs> It's not. It's recorded by Johnny Cash in 1968. The song is called... No! That's the name of the song. I think it was a bit of a joke song. And now you say you've got me out of your conscience. I've been flushed from the bathroom of your heart. Johnny Cash, no. see? Not so serious, was he? That's the thing. A lot of the artists had humour back in the day. Oh, yeah. Johnny yeah. Cash has some hilarious songs. Sometimes the eggs aren't sunny side up with our love. Is that cun true or cun trash? Well, you just say true, true or false. True. It's not. I made it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> terrible. Don't worry. Don't worry. Where's my cloth? I need to clean my glasses. I oh, like that line. I love yeah. eggs. So I'm going to use that. Yeah, do something with Sunny Side Up. It's very cheesy, but um, yeah. <laughs> well, that if you were Sunshine Savannah Gardner, that could be your first album, Sunny Side Up. Sunny Side Up. <laughs> okay. If you bend over, I can't see your face. It feels like I'm running a race at pace because loving you is good cardio. Oh my God. Like, that's just not great, but... Come true or come trash? Trash? <laughs> no, it's true. Because oh it's my one God. of my songs. <laughs> Loving You is Good Cardio by Steve Mahoney and the Milkshakes. If you bend over, I can't see your face. Feels just like I'm running a race at pace. It's good cardio. You didn't sing on it though, so don't worry. <laughs> I thought it was a trick question. I know it kind of was though. It kind of was. <laughs> it was. Number four. This is a penultimate one. Don't worry. Drop kick me, Jesus. Drop True. kick. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Dropkick Me Jesus, Goalpost of Life. And it's Bobby Bear, Dropkick Me Jesus. Oh, do you know that song? No. Straight through the heart of them righteous uprights. Dropkick me Jesus through the goalpost of life. Okay. Well, you got one out of four so far. Here's the last one. Of country or contrast. You know, 40 sure has come fast and my metabolism is getting slow. So tonight, can I make love with my shirt on? Is that contru or contrash? Please be trash, Steve. It's not. It's John Michael Montgomery with my shirt on. The truth is, I've been working out, but I've still got a little ways to go. So tonight, can I make love with my shirt on? She's a real song. <laughs> you know, lockdown has been tough, so can I keep my shirt on? Quite like that. Oh, it's honest. It really is. Yeah. Okay, so what are you going to play at your gig at the weekend? I am going to play... One of the songs that I've written with Sharon Vaughn, who mm. wrote My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys, we're, I'm going to play a song called High Desert Memory. It's not mm. out yet. Then I'm going to play a song called City of Cowboys, which will be out in the summer. Then I'm going to do Heartbreak River with my harmonica. I'm oh, going to really? replace strings with my harmonica. And you got the brace and you can do that? I have the brace. I do. What's your I harmonica do. influence? Neil Young. Yeah, me, Neil Young's there, but I, Bruce is my number one. Mm. He's a very passionate harmonica player. I need to get into Bruce Springsteen. My dad loves him, but I haven't like sat down with his stuff. Well, that's how I got into Springsteen was through my dad. And I'm very grateful to my dad. I'm going to tell him actually in our next podcast. I'm, you know, I did a podcast with my dad and we're going to do part two after this episode, next episode. And it's a huge thing for my life springsteen so i'm really grateful because i still you know as a musician you listen to other acts and you're like oh this fucking i'm better than them and all this kind of stuff yeah. comes out you know that we it's not not useful but that's never going to happen with bruce i i'm a full consumer i i'm i'm fully in with bruce's the religion of bruce so it's good to feel like that fan. yeah but i'd recommend for you or for anyone listening that nebraska is the one to get into bruce because it doesn't have the kind of bravado the 10 piece east street like kind of cheesy vibe i remember i listened to nebraska when i was at uni and i was sick and i wanted music on or something but i didn't really you know so i put that on and it's so weird and soft and eerie and atmospheric it's a mood piece so if you've got a record player, I'd recommend getting the Nebraska and that's the one to go. And if you like that, it's worth going from there. It's like a movie. So oh God, that okay. will get you into Bruce. I love how I've managed to spend a lot of your podcasts talking about Bruce Springsteen. You're not even a fan. That's fantastic. That's, that's what it's what... like for Emily. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We'll end the podcast anyway, because we're going to congregate i want to thank savannah so much people check out savannah's new single heartbreak river it's on all the platforms savannah any closing remarks for the audience here who have spent all this time with us listening 
I'm sorry. No, <laughs> You'll never get that time back. Yeah. I hope you've laughed as much never. as we have. <laughs> Just, uh, I hope to inspire you in some way with my words. <laughs> People are smiling, listening. <laughs> Emily? Today I had a salad But I gave him an eight of room So tonight can I make love with my shirt on Yeah, you know 40 sure has come fast My metabolism, well it's gotten slow Yeah.